Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Free the Phoenix podcast. My name is Brian Dickman. I got my guy Jim Ciro here with me once again. Fresh off a uh, trip to Florida, Jim. How are you doing today? Uh, well, you know, definitely recovering. Uh, when people say Florida is wide open, they are not kidding. So <laughs> a little a physical and mental adjustment, but I'll give yeah. you my best effort today. Yeah, I'm sure you will. I don't doubt that at all. So, uh, yeah, we got a kind of a special podcast today. We got the biggest guest we could possibly get, I, <laughs> I want to say. Uh, got the head coach of the Phoenix, Will Ryan. We're going to have a nice uh, conversation with him. Um, so, I mean, probably shouldn't waste any more time, right, Jim, if we just go right into it? Jump right into it, and I'm really excited to have him on. And, you know, I find in my few interactions with Coach Ryan just to be an all-around great guy. So I'm really looking forward to what he's got to say. Uh, you know, now that we've had a few months since the season ended and uh, a few months before the next season begins. Yeah, you know, and I know I'm dying for information, so it'll be good to uh, good to talk to Coach and see what's going on and uh, talk about the season that, that happened a little bit, and we're going to ask him about, um, you know, a new guy coming in, Mitch Listow. We're going to talk about um, Blayton Williams and, and Donovan Moore, who we didn't really get to see a whole lot, so... Um, yeah, let's just, uh, without wasting any more time, let's just get to our interview with head coach Will Ryan. All right, joining us today is a guy who will be entering his third season as a head coach and his second season as the head coach of the Green Bay Phoenix. It's Will Ryan. Coach Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. This is actually my first ever podcast, so um, I'm, a, I'm a newbie to this, but thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. So, Coach, uh, it's been a couple of months now since, uh, you know, a season that was pretty much like, you know, unlike any other, I should say. Um, obviously, the off-season is hectic, but uh, have you been able to kind of decompress a little bit or, or take any time for yourself in these last two months, or has it just been pretty much business as usual? It's pretty much been business as usual. Uh with a lot of departures that we had after the season, it's been, you know, every day has been looking at the transfer portals, still looking at high school kids, junior college kids. So that's just kind of, it's ongoing. You're constantly, you're looking at how you want to shape up the rest of, you know, your roster going forward. Uh, we've got a good core, great group of kids. We've, we've We've had spring workouts now for three, four weeks, or it's been. 
And the guys that, that are here are working their tail ends off, getting stronger in the weight room. We're about eight hours with the guys, so we split it four hours on the court and eight hours or four hours in the weight room. And every day they come, they come and get after it. They work hard and they make each other better. So that's been refreshing. And so it's a combination of that and just trying to finalize our roster for next year and, uh, you know, just keep putting the touches on it. And, um, I think, I think we got something, uh, that we're built. So I'm excited. Coach, when you look back, you know, your first year in Green Bay, you know, there are probably some things that you would say went really well, some other things that you'd say, hey, I'd like to, you know, get a little bit better at that. Uh, you know, are there some things that you reflect on, say, in year number one of your tenure here at Green Bay, you'd say, what went really well for yourself as a coach and as a program, and what are some of the things that you're hoping that uh, as both as a coach and a program you guys uh, improve upon in 2021, 2022? Uh, it's so tough to describe to people the year that we had. You take over a program late in the game in, in June, and then you try to you try to build a quick relationship with the returners as well as the guys that were coming in. Now, they were recruited to a completely different style, and you know I, there's apprehension probably you know from both sides going into the whole thing. But through some Zoom calls and phone calls, texts, I tried to get to know these guys as well as I I could, and try to gain their trust. Um, and as we as we went along, you just don't you don't know what to expect. I'm behind our myself and the staff are behind the mask. You're still extremely nervous and worried about COVID. And then we don't have any. I give our guys credit; they didn't we didn't have any um, shutdowns during during the season. They kept their noses clean in that regard, and uh, we were COVID free, so that was great. But at the same time, you're still you don't get to really build the relationships like you normally would. Uh, on the road, you're kind of you're on the bus, you're on the plane, and then you kind of go your separate way, and then you meet for for meals, your shoot arounds, or your practices, um, and then you're kind of on your own or in your room. So you don't you just don't have those team bonding moments. So that was tough, uh, and hopefully now as we everybody's getting vaccinated and we can get back to some normalcy, we can have more of a a real season with the guys and do more things with them, doing more team building, team bonding um, sort of things. But uh, despite all that, I felt our guys got better in a lot of different areas, areas that they weren't that strong in to start. And we had to have, we had a lot of young guys, uh, but they worked and they got better and they got better. Some of them don't even realize they got better. (laughs) <laughs> you know, they, they didn't, there was guys, believe me, they didn't really care to play defense or work on fundamentals every day. And, uh, but going forward, whether they stayed here or they left, they're going to be better off for it. And they'll, they'll figure it out um, sooner or later. But, you know, I was proud of that. And if you would have told me back in the beginning of the season that we would have been under 11 turnovers per game and be first in the conference in that category, I probably would have told you you were crazy. 
but we did. We averaged 10.7 turnovers per game, and you know my dad razzes me a little bit for for turnovers, and he's like, I when I told him that stat, and we had the best assist to turnover ratio in the league with missing too many shots, I think. Uh, he's like, get out of here, you know. And he's like, well, I think I saw every single one of those turnovers then. And I was like, well, yeah, so did I. I was, I was right <laughs> there. I, I saw it firsthand. <laughs> but all in all, you know, it's there's turn uh, turnover here or there or missed assignment here or there that you'd love to have back. And uh, I think the win loss column would have been a lot different if it was seven games decided by six points or less or something like that. So hopefully moving forward, you can get over the hump in some of those games and, and figure out a way to um, get the job done. And I think we can kind of change the tide, so to speak, and get a few more W's under our belt. But yeah, like I said, it's, it was an interesting year to say the least with, with everything that went on and guys that I didn't, you know, recruit and have those conversations with, I wasn't in their living room offering them a scholarship a year or two ago and having that, uh, that bond, that coach player bond. That, um, that was, that was tough. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie or sugarcoat that. And all I can say is the guys that, uh, that are sticking with it. We're very appreciative and very proud of them and how hard they've worked. And uh, I'm excited for, for their future. Yeah. Coach, obviously uh, still some spots to fill on the roster for next season. Kind of curious what's in the DNA of a Will Ryan recruit kind of things you're looking for in a player when you're scouting and when you're out recruiting kids to come play for your program. Um, There's a lot of things that we look at. There's there's guys that are really talented, and what stinks right now is we've last year or two we've only been able to watch guys on film, so some of those uh, some of those things don't show up on film. And how like maybe how strong a kid is, or how like is he a plus size with his length? Is he is he shaving yet? Like or is he still is he still growing and maturing? You know, like we sounds kind of freaky but yeah you know coaches have to look at that sort of thing like like some of these baby face kids you're like i mean that kid's probably going to grow another two three inches and he's going to be down the road he's going to be special so you you look at a lot of those different things and as well as how is how does he respond to coaching how is he with his teammates whether that's with his high school uh his high school buddies that he's probably the alpha dog on that team or when he's with an AAU team where there's a lot of alpha dogs that everybody's their best high school player. and You get a good sense of how he would be with a college team because when you get to college, especially the Division one level, you're more than likely you're the best player on your high school team or prep school or whatever the case may be. So there's a lot of different things that go into it. You know, you can walk into a gym and you can see talent right away with certain kids. But you have to – that's what we do. That's what I like to do is I look at those other um, intangibles. Does he have them? Is he coachable? Does he get after it defensively? You know, there's a lot of talented offensive players that can 
that can shoot it or play above the rim. And th- those things will stick out to you right away. But is he, is he a leader? Is he uh, diving on the floor, taking charges, talking on defense? Those little things. That A lot of that, like I said, is hard to pick up on some of these live stream feeds that are up in the corner of a gym uh, or a fitness center and watching some of these AAU games and you just can't, like you can barely tell who's who sometimes with the footage and the quality. But I'm excited because this June and July, we're going to be able to get out, watch kids play again live so we can pick up on those, those uh, intangibles and, see how kids are with not only their high school team, but AAU team. Um, we're excited about that. It's going to, it's going to help us tremendously and in, in who we go after in, in recruiting, but we like really skilled players, guys that uh, have high basketball IQs, the, the length, the athleticism, the size, that's all a bonus. Yes. Um, Bigger guards work well in our offense. Um, a guy like Lucas Steber was great for us because of his ability to see over defenders and he uses his length. Not the quickest cat in the gym, but uh, he uses length to uh, erase maybe some mistakes here and there. I mean, he, he led our team or second on the team and block shots or top five in the conference, something like that. And he did that because he was very cerebral and uh, he's a team first guy and he was always, not always, but most of the time he's, he's there in the correct help position and trying to help his teammates. And that's where you get most of your blocks. So him him being a plus guy lengthwise really helps us. Um, you know, you can coach speak all you want, say this, say that, but the high IQ, skilled guys, Guys that are unselfish uh, try to make their teammates better. We talk about that all the time. You pass up a good shot for a great shot. Are you rotating over to help your your teammate defensively? Boxing out uh, the little things that, that may not show up in a in, on the stat sheet. So trying to get trying to get complete players, and at this level, you're never going to get. A, a complete player, you have to develop. And, and guys that are gym rats, guys that love to develop and get after it or get extra work in, uh, those are the kids we want to program. So, Coach, when you were talking about recruiting in today's day and age, you know, there's uh, high school, junior college, prep school, you've got the portal, obviously, you know, Brian and I have lost a tremendous amount of personal productivity looking at verbal commits hourly. And I personally have had dreams about the portal and I'm not even in your industry. So I can't even imagine what it's like for you. Um, but, you know, when I think about like, I imagine there's a lot of wheel spinning at first because everybody wants to play for Duke. But can you kind of just speak to a little bit of, is there a lot of difference? Have you had to change your approach in recruiting, working with the portal versus maybe the long-term relationship building that happens with the high school prospect? Or does the the techniques that you use to recruit one player kind of work, you know, no matter where they're coming from? Yeah, I, 
I do joke with some of these kids I talk to about, you know, what, what's it like in the portal? Is they like, it a magical place? And, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sarcastic and I, I mess with guys quite a bit, but it's all in good fun. Uh, no, it's, unfortunately, there's a lot of kids stuck in the portal and I don't know what direction they're going to go in. Um, cause there's still, there's still some quality high school kids available that, weren't able to be seen this year. Uh, the Juco route, the Juco kids, they're really uh, behind because it seems like coaches, they would rather go get a guy who's already experienced college, you know, NCAA one division, usually division one, maybe there's two D2 guys out there that are really good. But guys that have a year or two, three, whatever under their belt, um, playing at a at a four year school, so I think coaches are more apt right now to recruit some of those guys before the junior college kids. So there's still, I mean, there's a lot of really good, talented junior college kids, college kids that also get the year back. So you can get a kid. Normally you'd have two years. Now you get them three, and there's quite a few of them that you'll get for four because they were qualified. So it's just everything's so I don't want to say it's messed up, it's just kind of it's funky this year. And we what we are trying to do, and I think it's just basically impossible nowadays, is to have some sort of balance with our roster and you know, have um have some have a little separation gap between between positions and between their years. And at I was at North Dakota State and at Ohio uh, for a handful of years uh, while I was with Coach Phillips for 12 years. And when we did it at North Dakota State, and what we were trying to do at Ohio is you balance your classes so that you get you get some separation there, and guys kind of understand when they come into a program. It's like, okay, I'm going to learn from and play underneath a guy for a year or two, and if I can crack the rotation, get some minutes. You know, then that's great. Well, now, like, on paper, we're going to have eight freshmen next year. So (laughs) there's no balance there. And two of our guys are going to be third-year freshmen in Japan, Kellogg, and Lucas Steber. So then that's that's a whole new um, ball game when – those guys are going to graduate soon. I believe Lucas can graduate next year. So then you have to find out, does he want to be a three-year grad transfer somewhere? And then he'll end up probably becoming a doctor before it's all set. <laughs> so I think there's a quote from Tommy Boy in there somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're called doctors, right? Yeah. Uh, no, it's... There's no, like, master plan. There's no exact science on how to do this. It's just, it's going to be strange probably for, like, a whole recruiting class. I really don't know where we can get back to balancing things out. Because what you don't want is for such a huge class, and now you've got guys standing around looking at each other like, well, wait a second there's like eight or nine freshmen and I'm not playing right now. Am I ever going to play? 
and then you have so a bunch of transfers again. I would say then you're perpetuating the cycle of you know people rotating yeah. in and out. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. So the the the, the big schools, the high majors, and you know some of these mid major plus schools, as they say, they can you know they kind of have their pick of the litter, and they can try to get older or stay old by using the portal and plucking kids from you know, quality programs or guys that have done really well at their schools. And they are, they're able to, you know, keep some semblance of continuity better probably than schools at the, at our level. Um, and ideally in a normal year or cycle, I would love to get four year kids. Maybe if they register, you in for five, and you just develop them. And then you, you grow old with them. They grow old together. And more often than not, if you've got a really good um, really good group, you're, you're contending for championships when they're upperclassmen and maybe doing some damage in the NCAA tournament. And that's, that was kind of always our plan, and we were successful at it at North Dakota State. We went to Ohio University. We were well on our way, and then all of a sudden, uh, our third year, uh, actually it started, yeah, third year, midway through the season, our, all of our best players started dropping like flies with some of them were just random, weird injuries, some of it genetic. And then when you, you, you plan for that, and then it doesn't happen because all your best players are injured. So, like I said, there's no exact science. Um, we we we're gonna we're trying to to get a little bit older in some areas, but even the guys that are you would, you would call them old because they could be like juniors in college should be are now either gonna be freshmen or sophomores. So uh, yeah, it's just we'll play it by ear and try to do the best we can and uh, you know create that culture to where. You want guys to stay and grow together. It's a plan. Yeah, speaking of the transfer portal, uh, you know, the last couple of interviews I've heard you do, Coach, uh, you've had to talk a lot about guys leaving via the transfer uh, transfer portal. But I want to ask you about a guy that is actually coming in via the transfer portal, and that's Mitch Listow, 6'4 guard, coming in from Belmont. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about his game and kind of how you see him fitting into the program next season and – the season after, and maybe even the season after that. Yeah, uh, I was fortunate. So Mitch, Mitch is a high school coach, is a really good friend of mine. He's in my wedding. We started the Wisconsin Swing AAU program together like 16 years ago, whatever that was. And then his assistant, Mitch's assistant at Wanakee High School, uh, he was my teammate also in my wedding. He was my teammate at UW Platteville. He was part of my dad's last recruiting class before he took over at UW Milwaukee. And, and Tyler Selk is his name. He's from Randolph, Wisconsin originally. He is the all-time leading scorer at Platteville. So great guy. They're, they're great coaches. So I know he was really well coached in high school. Uh, we looked at him when I was at Ohio University. We were kind of uh, heavy. At, at his position at the two, the two, three wing. Um, 
And he ended up going to Belmont and playing for a Hall of Famer in Coach Bird. So we know that he's been really well coached in high school and in college. Uh, he told me, I always ask these kids, okay, I understand why kids you know, want to transfer, why they want to leave, but I always ask, you know, why are you leaving? Just to see what they say. You know, sometimes it's just whether it be culture, whether it be school, the school itself, um, playing time, this, that, or whatever. So I just kind of, kind of the icebreaker. And he, he had a funny line. He said, uh, he said, well, coach, the reason why I'm leaving is because there's too many midgets here. <laughs> so I, I had to laugh because I've looked, I've watched them play. Uh, I, I really like what they do and how they run their program. So you know, I like to keep tabs on him. Uh, just being a Wisconsin guy and having a connection to him. And so you're, you're, you know, you're always kind of wondering, like, why isn't he playing as much? And well, then he tells me, he's, you know, there's too many mitches there. So he got behind a couple guys that are very similar to him and they're, they're good players. He had, uh, he did have a, a pretty significant ankle sprain right before like practice started and that kind of put him behind and, uh, took him a while to get back to 100%. And a couple within his pod or the team, he got, there was a couple of shutdowns for COVID. So that hindered his progress this year. And, he, you know, in the, in the minutes he played, he was productive. We need shooting. And uh, doesn't everybody, right? But <laughs> with, with him, he's got a, got a quick release. He's a bigger guard. He's played at a high level already. Uh, so he, he should be him being a high IQ kid, tough nose. He knows how to play. He should slide right in and help us immediately. That's, you know, that's the plan. And him being a Wisconsin kid, getting to come back home, playing in front of family and friends and, and, and around people that he's got a connection to. I just think it's 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 a perfect opportunity for everybody involved, and uh, I can't wait till he gets here because I, I'm going to learn a lot from him, and I'm going to I'm going to be asking him a lot of questions about how Coach Bird did things because from afar I always admired him and his programs, and uh, he's a phenomenal coach. So we're excited to have Mitch on board and. He'll definitely help us uh, right away. You know, Coach, along the same lines of uh, you've got Mitch coming in, there are a couple players that are on the roster that through injuries we did not get to see a lot last year. Uh, can you speak a little bit about what you've seen from uh, Blayton Williams and Donovan Moore and what their games might look like and how they might be able to contribute to the roster going forward? Uh, Blayton is a kid who – I'm dying to coach. He's I, I, he's a special kid. He he led us on the hills. Him and Manny Anson, we, we run the the Bear Creek Hill, the, the sledding hill. I don't know if you guys have ever uh, gone tubing down that or, or taken a jaunt up up the hill, but uh, we ran those in the fall. And little did we know, Blayton Williams had. Uh, he had torn labrums in both hips, and yet he's 
leading us in the hills. Him and Manny basically ran side by side. And we did it in groups. So we got your faster guards are first, and then you kind of go mediums and then bigs. And he never complained one time. And then you find out that he's having issues with the hips. And then they do the, goes to see the doctor. And then you find out, yeah, he's going to need surgery. So he had double hip surgery this year. We would have loved to have had him out on the floor because he's a really good player. He he plays at his own pace. He can play essentially the one through the three. Six two, strong. He's a good athlete. Um, I think he'll get he'll he'll definitely get back to form. Hopefully he gets back to where he was. I mean he's going up and playing above the rim off two feet even with torn labrum in his hip. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't think he could do that. So that was, that was good to see. He's, he's a student of the game. He's a really good uh, student in the classroom as well. And every day he's, he's sitting over there in what we call the spa, which is the corner of the Dick Bennett practice gym where the injured guys hang out and we just, give them crap, even though we know they're injured, but we're like, hey, I was a spa treatment today, and they're getting there. <laughs> getting ice and heat and skim and things like that, and uh, some of these guys kept kept Justin, our trainer, they kept him pretty busy this year, so, and then on COVID stuff, protocols on, on top of everything. Uh, Blayton just, he was over there, then he was on the bike. Uh, he just attacks his rehab, like, like, like nobody's business. Like, oh my God, this kid's a machine. And he's constantly soaking things in, trying to learn and absorb everything we're teaching. He's like I said, he's a student of the game. He picks things up quickly. He's extremely coachable. Yes, sir. No, sir. Like looks in the eye. Uh, he's a leader. And we definitely missed his voice on the floor. Uh, we definitely could have used that this year. And, uh, so we're really excited to have him for two years. Uh, he's he's definitely ahead of schedule with his rehab and everything. He's been, he's been doing the workouts with us. He gets frustrated sometimes because he's probably like us being over the hill. And when we try to go play basketball or play sports, do something with our kids and our mind says, yeah, I can still do that. But then the body doesn't doesn't want to do it go that direction. So I feel like he's kind of got some of that. Like he, he knows what he can do. It's just his hips aren't allowing him to quite get there. But he's got like he's got the rest of the spring and summer and uh, we're expecting some big things out of him. He just does he does everything well. Shoots it, passes it. Uh, I love that he's that he loves to play defense. He steps in and takes charges, uh, which we definitely didn't do enough of this year. And he's not afraid to, he's not afraid to scrap and claw. So, um, definitely much needed. And then, uh, Donovan Moore, he is a, he's kind of your, your prototypical slasher type. And, he, he cuts extremely hard. He finishes pretty well around the rim. He, he can post up smaller guys. You can even finish over bigger guys. Uh, we're working on expanding his game. He, he's, he's capable from three, but you know, we're working on getting him 
issued a little more of a rhythm. Uh, so he's a, he's more of a threat from there. He has a chance to be a really good defender as well. He's got he's got plus size length and really good athlete. So with him, you know, you talk about picking and choosing your spots and when to play slow, when to play fast. And that's another thing we're working on with him. He's kind of a, you know, he wants to catch it and go right away. And um, sometimes that gets him into trouble. So just getting him to be a little more patient. Uh, he had a, he had a big toe, turf toe type injury, same thing as Patrick Mahomes had. So that's what put him on the shelf this year. But uh, now he's fully healthy. Those two guys have been, been going hard and, uh, we're, we're excited to, to get both of them back into the fold. You know, Coach, I just want to make a quick comment on each of those guys. Like, one thing I noticed about Blayton as the season went along, his uh, his view from the game, when the games were even played, he was he worked his way into the front row on that bench. Like, you know, even though he couldn't play, he seemed like he was engaged and involved in the games. And that was something that stood out to me as a fan watching. And, uh, you know, Donovan, when his first game against – first weekend against UWM, he went uh, – 0 for 9 shooting and then 0 for 4 from 3. But then after that, before he was shut down for the season, he was 7 of his next 13 and only 0 for 1 for 3. So, like, once he seemed to kind of get that, like, going to the hoop, he seemed pretty uh, pretty strong at that. So that's why yeah. I was asking about those guys. Yeah, him and him and Manny Ansong, when they got their waivers, I think they were so <laughs> they were so geeked up to play that they, they both kind of – got out of the gates a little too quickly and got, uh, they were a little, maybe a little too antsy, but obviously Manny settled in really well. And then Donovan started to, to settle in a little bit. And unfortunately the, the toe injury sidelined him. Coach, I know you gotta get running. If you have time for one more question for Brian and I got a real quick one after that. So uh, Brian, yeah. ask. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned your time at North Dakota State and at Ohio. Um, I'm just kind of curious now that you've got a, a year of Horizon League play under your belt, even though you didn't really get to, to visit every venue or even play every team, but I'm just kind of curious um, how you think the Horizon League compares to, to those two leagues and even to a league like the MVC, uh, the Missouri Valley Conference, that got uh, two bids into the NCAA tournament this year. I'm just kind of curious to get your thoughts on the league in general. I think the Summit and the Horizon are, I mean, they're very, very similar. Uh, you're recruiting a lot of the same kids for the most part, um, or the, 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 the same type of kids. And there's obviously really good players in both leagues, but they mirror each other pretty well. The MAC is a little bit more... There's a little more size, a little more athleticism, a little athleticism kind of across the board. Uh, if I had to pick something out, um, it's maybe the max. I kind of likened it to maybe like a mini Big Ten, so to speak, and very talented players. It's, like I said, just probably a little bit bigger at a lot of the positions by, you know, a couple inches here or there, maybe a, maybe a little more athleticism. Uh, but all in all, these leagues are Missouri Valley with, like, Lil and Drake this year obviously stood out. Uh, and that's top, top team in the league, especially if they can uh, 
they can be in the top two, three year in year out. They're going to kind of they're going to separate themselves from the pack a little bit, stand out. Uh, but I think the way the the recruiting landscape has gone and how things are continuing to go here, I think a lot of these these leagues are going to be very very similar. Um, can we get two teams in the in the tournament? That's our goal. I mean, it's extremely hard to do. I get that. But um, a lot of it has to do with, you know, can you keep your core guys? Can you grow old together? Can you go knock off some of the, the high majors, whether that be at, at their place or on a neutral court to help, you know, in the net rankings and all that stuff, and stuff that is well over my head that I don't pay too much attention to. But yeah, I mean, that's that's our goal within the within the Horizon League is to to try and get at least two into the tournament. That'd be pretty sweet. But absolutely, it is, it's not it's an it's an uphill battle. I get it, and uh, but that's what we're gonna aim to do. Yeah, it's definitely you know as fans, Brian and I as longtime fans, we're concerned with getting one team into the tournament, and then if we can get another one from the league into, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, to wrap up, Coach, just a quick question for you. You know, this last year has been unlike anything else, and that you know you couldn't have picked probably a more interesting time to become a D1 head coach. But these programs, you know, they run on you know the backing from the fans. I mean, engagement and other ways to participate. And so, something that's near and dear to my heart, uh, Phoenix Fund and other types of activities. What's coming up this you know this summer where people can get involved with Green Bay past? Uh, men's basketball are there are there different things that are you know available for people to get engaged with the program going forward yeah they're well they're going ahead with the steak fry which is june 8th hopefully uh hopefully you got your ticket for that um i'm excited uh, you didn't send it to me yet in the mail so i've been waiting oh we'll, we'll have to get that we'll have to get that. <laughs> uh you know it'll be my first steak fry with the uh, the packer phoenix steak fry and I don't, I don't know what to expect. They get just a, an opportunity to to meet a lot of new new faces and get tell people a little bit about what we're doing and uh, get them excited about GB hoops, um, as well as meet meet some of the Packer people. Um, so I'm excited, really excited for that. Uh, and then we're trying to we're trying to finalize some dates for basketball camp, which is going to be huge for the for the youth in the community, uh, you know, myself, I've got I've got three sons, sixth grade, fifth grade, and kindergarten. So, you know, just by word of mouth, they'll be able to get some of their buddies to come to camp, and then and then it'll kind of hopefully spread like wildfire. And just the kids are like, "Oh man, I had so much fun at camp. I love the campus. I love you know, I, I love the atmosphere. Like maybe I want to play a GB someday. You know, you got to start them young." Uh, or they, or they had so much fun, like maybe they're not good enough to play, but they want to come to school at GB when they, when they get to college. Uh, so creating that awareness, uh, at an early age and, uh, getting, getting kids interested in GB is our goal, uh, cause that's just, that's huge throughout the community and camps really help with that and, uh, getting to know the parents and, um, things of that nature, getting them involved. 
Uh, we're going to do a golf outing. We don't have, it's going to be early August, more than likely, with, we're going to try to bring back, try to bring back alumni, friends of the program, uh, just to get everybody from different eras of GV basketball, get them involved. Uh, for my salary, we've done some Zoom calls with various teams and, and guys. But we want we want them to feel like they're a part of this. I mean, some guys have been out of school, you know, for 10, 20, 30 years or more, and they don't have a connection anymore because whoever coached them isn't here, and they just maybe don't feel like they're welcome. Uh, but my message to them is to – you know, if you're in town, stop in, get a hold of us. We'd love to meet you guys and, uh, you know, some talk to the team, some war stories to the guys. And, uh, you know, just keep, keep reaching out to them and, uh, as well as people around the community and around the state. We're recruiting the state really hard. So that's going to pay dividends with, quality young men from the state where their family and friends can come see them play and uh, hopefully put a lot of butts in the, in the, in the seats at the, at the rest of them. Nice. Yeah. My four-year-old son, he is well-versed with the saying green Bay all day. He, he says it all, all the right. time whenever he sees me wearing a green Bay shirt. So I Did definitely appreciate it? the, well, you know, uh, <laughs> He's always asking me, Daddy, what are you doing on your phone? So maybe I have a little addiction I have to take care of. You know, Coach, if you really want to get something going, you can get old guys like me in an adult fantasy camp and uh, run around out there before I hurt my labrums and uh, show you what oh, I got. Yeah. <laughs> now, when I worked for my dad, I don't, I don't think they still do it anymore. They, we would run a father-son camp. There you go. And at first I was like, yeah, it just seems kind of corny, but Man, the dads absolutely loved. It. They thought they were back in their youth and at camp again, and uh, ordering pizzas with their kids in the dorm. Some of them, I think, snuck out to the local establishments and had some adult <laughs> beverages. It is Wisconsin. Just, just yeah, just to dull the aches and pains from camp. Just so we may have to may have to look into that. Get that one on the back burner for 2022. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Coach, we're really looking forward to uh, following the developments this summer, and I know I'm already looking forward to, to next season, but uh, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us and being so gracious with your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Uh, hopefully we can do it again. All right. Well, that was fun, Jim, don't you think? We that was really great. Appreciate, yeah, really appreciate Coach coming on. Uh, you know, taking some time out of his day to, to slum it with us. But, uh, um, what, what was your, you know, one, maybe one or two things that you took away from that conversation? And there was a whole bunch of them. Yeah, for me, I was really excited to hear Coach's description of uh, Blayton and what he thought he could bring to the bring to the uh, court and to the team this year. And, and we started thinking about, you know, there was a lot of lost productivity to the transfer portal and then thinking about a guy who he can play in multiple spots, who's, you know, uh, plays at the right pace and plays, you know, into their style. And, and, uh, 
you know, it really sounded promising for what Blayton could bring to the table. So that probably is the number one thing that stood out to me uh, based on what Coach was willing to share with us today. Yeah, I agree. I was I was excited to hear that because he's kind of a wild card, really, because uh, we didn't get to see him at all last season. We got to see a little bit of Donovan more. But, um, yeah, it was exciting to hear that uh, scouting report on Blayton. Um, for me, you know, one thing I forgot to ask him about was if he thought Lucas Steber could be a two-time all-freshman team, which would be <laughs> probably the, the first time that's ever happened. But uh, for me, I thought the really cool thing that he said was he – you know, the the goal for the Horizon League is to be a, a two-bit league. I thought that was really exciting because, you know, in the not-too-distant past, that was a thing, a two-bit Horizon. And, you know, even two years ago, the Ohio Valley Conference got two teams in the tournament. And I don't think it's unfair to say that that is a worse league than the Horizon League. So, um, yeah. Certainly it was, top to bottom, it's a worse league. Maybe not at the yeah. top, but at the bottom for sure. Right, so yeah, I thought that was cool to uh, to hear him say that that's the goal to get two teams in. I also liked your comment though. We really only care about getting that one team in, Green Bay, and then if we could get another team in, that's great. But uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, having them vocalizing that it's important to get two teams in, and and getting away from the mindset of that we can't do it and that it can't be done. I mean, sure, it's gonna be hard, but. You know, at the end of the day, nothing good happens until you, until you believe it can happen. And so for him to say that the league is working actively towards doing that and they want to be part of that is uh, really refreshing compared to a lot of sentiment around the league where people are like, oh, we're just a one big, one bid league or give me the play in game because that's extra money. Like, I, you know, being a two bid league is where it's at. Right. Yep. Totally agree. So, uh, yeah, that's. I think the last time we we recorded was two months ago, so um, I think maybe we'll talk again in another two months or, you know, as things develop. Well, Brian, as our history has dictated to us, uh, every time we record, uh, there's a new coach or somebody leaves in the portal or there's a new logo or there's something different. So this is probably the catalyst for lots of change in the next 48 hours. <laughs> so true. Yeah, the last time we recorded, there was like three more guys in the portal almost immediately after we finished recording. So <laughs> hopefully it's good news this time around after we record. Three um, new guys coming in from the portal this time yeah, around. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Yeah. So, uh, but that'll do it for this episode. Thanks again to Coach Ryan. That was really cool to get to talk to him. Um, and, of course, thanks again to you, Jim, our number one contributor. But, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Be sure to follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Cero. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian Dickman. And, of course, make sure you follow at Fear the Phoenix on Twitter. But uh, that'll do it for this episode. And until next time, talk to you later. Bye.